Jesus there. I'm your host, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason, and here we delve into those reasons. This week on the podcast, I'm super excited because I have a highly entertaining conversation with Bloody Good Horror's Casey Criswell to share with everyone. He talks about loving classic monster movies, horror being escapism for other people as well as himself, and our fear of the unknown. He also told me about when he watched Friday the 13th, when he was probably way too young, how he introduced his daughter to horror, and why he misses the video store days. One last thing before we get into this episode, if you love the show and haven't left us a review on iTunes or Spotify yet, I'd be so grateful if you could take a second to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, and subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to us. Thank you to everyone who's already left us a review. It's so appreciated, as it really helps people to find us. I think I rambled enough, so let's get into this episode with Casey Criswell. Hey, Casey, how are you? I'm good, Allison. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for being here. I'm glad we finally found the time that worked for both of us. <laughs> Do you want to start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself, where you're from, etc.? Yeah, my name's Casey. I am from the Bloody Good Horror Podcast. I grew up here in Indiana, the northern part, and I live in the central part now. So I'm a lifelong Hoosier, <laughs> unfortunately, some might say, but <laughs> it's been all right to me. But yeah, I've been with the Bloody Good Horror Podcast for since its beginning, uh, like 15 years ago. So I really love horror movies and the cheesier, the better. So that's kind of like direct to the point for me. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. So we have a completely opposite horror movie taste. So I'm really excited yeah. to talk to you. <laughs> so first things first, what's your favorite scary movie? Oh, that's hard. As far as like real scary, like something like something wicked this way come ranks up there for me. It had a big effect of, on me as a kid. Awesome. I've never, I've never seen that. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, it's an old Disney movie from probably like the mid 80s and has Jonathan Price as the bad guy who is a great villain. And it's kind of a fantasy story based off of a Ray Bradbury story about these kids in this small town back in like the 40s or 50s. And this creepy carnival comes to town and the the evil ringmaster who is played by Jonathan Price is and what happens throughout there. And it's just a, it's a Disney movie. So it's family friendly. It's kid friendly. It's just super spooky. And it had a really good tone to it that you don't see as much these days. Oh, very interesting. I'll have to look and see if it's on Disney plus. It may be. I, I need to look out there too. It's been a while. <laughs> now remind me, do you have kids? I do. I have a daughter, but she's like 22. So oh, okay. yeah, she's not the kid, uh, as much of a kid, but she's definitely gotten some of my influences over the years. Awesome. So how did you first fall in love with the horror genre? I grew up loving it as a kid. My dad was, so my parents were divorced when I was a kid and I'd spend weekends with mom weekends with dad thankfully with both of my parents neither one of them really kept me from anything they didn't overprotect me as far as movies and stuff they let me explore and find what i wanted and kind of find out what my limits were now i'd go to the video store with mom and we get some you know a lot of disney flicks stuff like that family friendly stuff my mom was a kindergarten teacher has you know whatever <laughs> on weekends i was with dad dad like knew what he liked it he liked the weird sci-fi movies and horror movies and stuff like i did and so that's really where a lot of my influence came from is just hanging out at my dad's on the weekends watching movies with him we'd go to the drive-in we watched a lot of ray bradbury theater stuff like that twilight zone growing up it was just 
fun times. Oh, that's awesome. Have you seen the new Jordan Peele Twilight Zone? Yes, I was I was a fan. I liked yeah. it. Cool. I've only watched a couple episodes, but they were they were interesting. So I watched yeah. the original back in the day too as well. So I'll be honest with you, at this point, I'm a total Jordan Peele fanboy, but I did enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So why do you think the people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre? It's a nice it's all about escapism, I think. That's a big part of it. It's something different and it challenges your typical boundaries. So uh, that's always what it's been about me. I can get in there and I can watch a movie and watch this crazy stuff unfold, knowing it's something that I would never actually, you know, happen with my real life, hopefully, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but uh, just a good way to escape and to kind of explore those things. And that's really what it comes down to me is escapism. I really like stories. I get into stories and the weirder, the better. So you get in some of these horror movies and they stretch boundaries. That's fun. Awesome. Great. That's a great answer. What do you think is the weirdest horror movie you've ever watched? Oh, I don't know. That's a hard question. (laughs) There's been some weird ones. There's one some years ago, and I had a friend who I'd met during doing horror blogging named Lewis Fowler, who's still out and around there some places. And he's been on BGH in the past. But Lewis had used to come out here for a horror hound weekend, and he'd stay with me for the weekend while he's here. There's one we watched called Rubber about a killer tire that one was out there for me that was they were going for a definite it was definitely artsy fartsy and they had a definite agenda and i don't know that (laughs) i fully understood it but that kind of stuff is weird to me and it freaks me out there's other weird stuff like the you get into the lovecraftian and the cosmic horror and stuff but that's the weird i like so yeah very cool i've never heard of rubber but i'll have to go look it up later yeah it's a weird one <laughs> so you've watched a ton of horror movies and i'm assuming that like like the rest of us we've all been a little bit desensitized to certain things in horror movies so what scares you in horror movies and in real life nowadays real life i get hung up on a lot of stuff that's going on in the real world politically and stuff like that and not to get into details and bring it down but there's (laughs) you know there's scary things happening and that stuff really kind of scares me as an adult back in the like as far as horror movies and stuff goes i don't know it's kind of i really kind of buy into that unseen idea of like the classic horror monsters and stuff like that you keep them off screen and leave it to the mystery i get into that one of the scariest scenes that always freaked me out was uh, there was the movie uh, the changeling with george c scott Mm -hmm. there's a scene in that movie where he is in that big old mansion and a baseball rolls down from upstairs down the stairs that's terrifying (laughs) that made me get up and turn lights on That's yeah, I totally get that. If I was home alone and a ball came rolling down the stairs, exactly, I would, I would just burn the house down and leave. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it's the unknown. That's pretty. That's always pretty terrifying. Yeah. So I do you think it has a negative effect for you when you see the monster or entity too soon in a horror movie? No, because I do enjoy the monster designs and stuff. I've kind of gotten into art in the last few years and I really always enjoyed monster designs. So I'm kind of torn on the subject. I do <laughs> like the suspense of not seeing that monster, but at the same time, I love a good monster. So <laughs> what is your favorite subgenre in horror? Ooh, let's see. Zombies are a bit overplayed. I'm really big into Frankenstein. So kind of like that mad scientist angle of the there's I'm really big into Frankenstein as far as Universal goes, but I really got into the hammer horror versions of Frankenstein, Peter Cushing and whatnot. I just love that whole dynamic of 
somebody that's super smart, a scientist like that with total disregard for what's right and what's wrong, trying to get that gold. I'd, I always found that fascinating. And that's a weird subgenre for sure. <laughs> awesome. I, I don't think anyone said that one yet. So good, good job <laughs> nice. on being original. I have to say, I don't think I've ever actually seen the original Frankenstein movie. Really? So, yeah. yeah. I suggested. Like I think it's on Peacock nowadays. Oh, okay. I'll have to look it up. I have my friend's Peacock login. Thank yeah. you very, thank you very much, friend. <laughs> <laughs> so, who are your favorite horror directors? There's a lot of them. As of like, I like John Carpenter is always a classic. Mm-hmm. I like his whole attitude towards the genre and the love of the of just the genre itself and the, the what he's trying to create. My favorite quote from John Carpenter was somebody asked him how he felt like with the Rob Zombie remakes of his movie and his concept. He's like, what I think is once a month, I hold my hand out and a check magically appears. That's a great answer. <laughs> I think that's great. I just think that's a good idea of it. He's, he is precious to the stuff that he created, that kind of stuff. And, but it, other people's interpretations, he's not going to automatically poop on it, you know, or shit on it. So yeah. that's, a. I like him a lot. I really like Jordan Peele a lot too. Nope is probably like number three on his movies that have come out recently. I just think I like his appreciation of the genre too. And he's trying to do some different stuff. I think that's cool. I really like directors that really appreciate the genre. That's, I think when they have that love and they put that love into their projects, I like that. Yeah, definitely. So as you said, you're a regular contributor on the podcast, Bloody Good Horror, which is how we met. Um, Mm -hmm. How did you get involved with BGH all all those years ago? There's another horror podcast out there called Night of Living Podcast, and it's all their fault. (laughs) Uh, Somewhere like... It's been 16, 17 years ago now. I've worked in IT my entire life for my career. I've been at the same company for a long time. It's been good to me. I've always had dreams of like being a writer, things like that. And somewhere around 16, 17 years ago, I decided I wanted to be a writer. Didn't know what I wanted to write about. And I was reading a lot of stuff at the time talking about how writers should write what they want to write or what they like and what they're into. And I'm like, I like horror movies. I don't have a traditional horror like film background but I know what I like so I started writing about that over time that grew I started getting into podcasts and I'd heard Night of the Living podcast had an ad from Eric who was advertising for contributors to BGH he was just relaunching the site and so I'm like I've been doing it for about a year or two now so I figured what the heck let's try it and reached out to him Eric gave me a call one night and we talked for like two hours on the phone just kind of shooting the shit about movies, horror movies, stuff like that, what we liked. And we hit it off pretty well. And it's kind of been there, you know, like that from ever since then. And like with the podcast, we'd started with the website doing reviews and stuff. Eric was even writing back then. So was Schnars. And we're like, hey, podcasts are popular. We should try it. And then we started kind of, we're like, let's give it a shot. And we all got online and started trying it. And then eventually that kind of just grew our friendship and stuff. And it's, is what it is today. Oh, what a lovely story and bromance. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> what are your favorite episodes that you've recorded? Oh, there's so many. I feel bad sometimes saying this. I'm not, but I don't like to listen to my own voice. So I don't <laughs> always listen to the episodes, but there's been some that have been more fun than others to record watching like Eric and Schnars get into it. So like the old, like, the one we don't talk about the prom night episode, but those two were getting <laughs> heated about it. That's fun to sit back in the sidelines and watch <laughs> and see how, you know, 
kind of dissolved around the scenes and stuff and how it came back together. That was entertaining stuff. But there's been so, so many, though, movies. Some of them are forgettable. Some of them really stand out and stick with you for years for good reasons and bad. It's there's so many out there that's hard to say. All right. Well, that's certainly, certainly valid. I also, I don't usually listen back to my episodes after I've edited them. Right. So I get it. So besides BGH, what are your favorite horror podcasts? Not a living podcast I've stuck with for a long time. There's another one out there, The Holler Kings. I've been listening to them a lot lately. Craig on there is a good artist and I've kind of befriended him on Instagram where I post a lot of my art and I discovered his podcast through that. And that's, I've had a lot of fun with that too. Oh, awesome. So do you post any of your art online? Yeah, it's all on Instagram. I do everything on all my art on Instagram. It's cinema.fromage. I just enjoy drawing weird monster faces. So (laughs) I kept doing it, discovered it during the quarantine and taught myself how to draw. And it's just kind of grown from there. It's been a good time. Oh, that's so cool. I recently, a couple of months ago, realized that I have no idea how to draw anything. I can't even improvise anymore. I start and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. So (laughs) good on you for teaching yourself. (laughs) Yeah, it's been fun. It's been a good journey. It was kept me sane. So (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned earlier how some of your love of horror rubbed off on your daughter. Do you remember the first movie that you showed her or, you know, anything like Uh, that? I don't remember the first movie we showed her as far as like horror movies though there's like a good story when uh, back when monsters inc first came out we took her to see that she was maybe four at the time and she got really into that with the monsters her online handle for a long time was sully related <laughs> oh cool we my wife and i always have a good memory about that because we got in a big like large tub of popcorn and we shared it between the three of us and by the end of it our three i think she might have been three at the time three-year-old daughter is wearing the bucket as a helmet by the end of the movie just happy as could be into the flick oh that's so cool yeah Um, but also at the same time i can remember back in the day we had a satellite tv and is around the same age she was no more than three and colleen was home with her colleen was a stay-at-home mom and colleen was watching monsters hd which we had on satellite which was an old horror station back long before shutter and whatnot it was on dish network and one of the friday the 13th was on there colleen was doing laundry was not watching Friday the 13th or Monsters HD with Delaney at the time, but Colleen went out to do laundry. They were watching cartoons or something. Delaney found the remote at like three, flipped over to Monsters HD, came running into the laundry room to Colleen and said, Mom, you got to come see this movie. This guy doesn't like people. (laughs) And it was Friday the 13th. (laughs) Oh, that's hysterical. Do you ever watch horror movies together nowadays? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, she doesn't get into them quite as much as we do. Colleen and I watch a lot of horror movies, and she does like them. She likes the cheesy movies as well, but there was that Banana Splits movie that was out a couple years ago. I don't, I don't, not familiar with that one. Oh, uh, they made a horror movie out of the Banana Splits. Delaney was real big into that one because she used to watch a lot of, what was it, Boomerang back in the day? <laughs> the old, car- yeah. the old cartoon station, and she used to watch that a lot. So she do the Banana Splits and seeing that horror movie, she got really into that and there's uh, and some of them she gets into more than others she kind of likes monsters too it seems oh very cool 
Yeah. <laughs> An article came out in 2020 that said that horror movie fans were handling lockdown better than non-horror movie fans. Why do you think that was the case? More open to accept the chaos, I think, just because <laughs> we watched that and to see those stories unfold. And you got a little bit better hope when you're into those movies because, you know, there's always a like, the final girl. Right. So yeah. the world's melting down around, you know, there's still a chance. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. How do you decide what horror movie to watch when you're just hanging out and looking for something to watch, whether it be a rewatch or something new? I struggle with that a lot. <laughs> I like to watch, have movies on in the background when I'm drawn a lot at night. And sometimes I have a, I, sometimes I get an idea of an old movie I haven't seen in a long time. Oh, I really want to watch that. And I'll go find that, fire it up, be happy. But there's a lot of nights too where I don't know what I'm in the mood for and I'll get lost going through, you know, the menus for half hour <laughs> and waste time. And then after a while, it's like, I'm going to go watch Bob's Burgers for half hour and go to bed, I guess. <laughs> that kind of situation is tough. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people get caught in just browsing for forever. Well, there's so much out there. Yeah. We've talked about this on BGH and stuff, but I grew up in the video store days and so it was kind of an adventure to go out there to go to those video stores and see what you could find. And you're reading about movies and magazines, Fangoria and stuff, knowing that you may not be able to find them for a long time and it might be years. Whereas now you could tell me a movie about a movie on Slack today and I could be watching it 20 minutes later. You know, it's, it's a whole different world out there. And I mean, I won't lie. I love it. I love having that smorgasbord, but the, sometimes it's, it's taken the mystique out of finding the right movie to watch at the right time too. Yeah. It's sort of like uh, digging for records and just right. for exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Cause there's, I found some of my favorite movies flipping through like the multiple HBO channels back in the day before digital cable. And you got the descriptions for everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I discovered Six String Samurai like that. And the, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that one. I have not. No. <laughs> it's a post-apocalyptic flick where basically it's Buddy Holly in a post-apocalyptic world. And it's really funky and all about rock and roll and music and stuff like that. And it was a bizarre movie, but I happened to be flipping through channels one night on like HBO, didn't have descriptions. And I saw like the first scene, like five minutes into it, like, what the hell is that? And it's one of those <laughs> moments that make you stop. And then you find this movie that's like, whoa, that blew my mind. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I don't, I haven't had cable for like a decade. So those little descriptions, yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen them in a really long time. Right. But at the same time, you have to have intent kind of yeah. when you're going out there to find a movie because there's so much choice. Oh, yeah. I definitely get choice paralysis. Yeah. So. It's a good problem to have, though. Yeah, definitely. Because you don't have to worry about like, if you know your movie is going to be in a video store, like it might be out of stock. Somebody may have rented right. it already. So I remember yeah. that happening. And then you get the problem now. It's like, oh, I remember that movie. I love it. But I don't know if I'm in the mood for that now. And then you end up searching for another 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are there any horror movies that you won't watch or that you won't watch ever again? No, I'm pretty broad on not getting too offended. There's one, uh, I can't even think about it. I, I know they covered it on BGH. It was a foreign film. I think it started with an S and it was something about a dad who had gotten in with some kind of weird syndicate and they were filming bad movies and there was things with his kids and stuff involved. And it was a fairly well-known movie at the time. Serbian film? Yes, that one. I still refuse to watch that one. It was just like, I don't need to be associated with that. Yeah, I that is very understandable. I won't ever watch that either. 
So yeah, which is it's funny and a little tidbit about me. But when that first came out, and we covered it on the show. I was one of my daughter's Girl Scout troop leaders at the time, oh. so an official Girl Scout leader and stuff. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't need to have my name associated with that out there. <laughs> <laughs> that's reasonable. Yeah, uh, that, that's cool that you were your daughter's Girl Scout troop leader. Yeah, that was fun. We had a good time. I got to, I taught a lot of, I used to volunteer for her summer camps too. I taught the rugged camping and how to set up tents and build campfires. Oh, wow. You watch horror movies and you still go camping? That's crazy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What is your favorite camping horror movie? I'm big on Friday the 13th. I get that one was always been close to my heart. Uh, I was just going to ask, did you see the 2009 remake? Yeah. And at the time I really wanted to like it and I kind of tried to argue for it. But when I went back and watched it again, it's like, yeah, it's just not the same. <laughs> I, yeah, I was going to say that because like I've got, I can remember, I've got vivid memories of going to, with my dad to the drive-in theater for a Friday the 13th marathon. We watched like the first four movies on his motorcycle. It was awesome. Oh, that's so fun. I've never been to a drive-in because oh. I, live, I live in New York City, so we don't yeah. have them. So we, we still have one in my hometown. I grew up in Northern Indiana by South Bend where Notre Dame University <laughs> and that is just south of that. And we have one that's been there for years and it's still going. And we've taken Delaney once, but it was for one of the Shreks and it was like 95 degrees and full of mosquitoes. And she never wanted to go back again, which (laughs) I understand it was a bad experience. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Have you ever had any noteworthy experiences seeing a horror movie in theaters? Oh, there's always been good stuff with crowds. I can remember. So there was One that stands out right now is the movie The Void. That one, the local theater nearby me was Big Cineplex. They actually set up a midnight uh, screening of it. And I got excited and went to see that. The person that set up that midnight screening and got them to do that was a guy named Joshua Hull, who worked for a local brewery. It's called Scarlet Lane Brewery. They're all horror-themed. They did a beer for the Horror Hound Weekend that happens here in Indy and Cincinnati, that kind of stuff. That Joshua Hull, though, who'd set up that screening, and I got to meet him then, talk to him, and I've met him a few times. Nice guy. Turns out he is the guy that wrote the screenplay of Glorious that came out this year on Shudder. Oh, I thought I thought his name sounded familiar. Yeah. So um, he because of him, I got to see the void at a midnight screening at the theater. That was pretty cool. Awesome. What did you think of Glorious? I liked it. It was fun. I liked the cosmic stuff a lot and I had fun with it. Are there any haunted spots in Indiana that you visited? Yes, we used to have a little uh, cemetery in outside my small town between us and another small town called Little Egypt that was, had all sorts of grew up all sorts of stories and hauntings and stuff when we used to go out there a lot. Back in the 80s when I was in middle school, which would have been like 86, 87, during the satanic panic, the, lo- the local cult supposedly hung out at the cemetery and stuff. But we used to go take late night trips out there and just do stupid stuff. And it was never did see anything scary, but it was fun. Oh, nice. Do you remember like seeing any anything specifically from the satanic panic that was going on back then, like protests or anything like that? No, but the we had a big cult scare in our town back in that time. I do remember that. And there was all sorts, it was in the news and the newspapers and there was worries about Halloween and whatnot. And it was never anything serious. Nothing ever actually happened, but it was just that, you know, looking back, it was obvious, just nothing but fear mongering stuff in the newspapers <laughs> and all that good <laughs> stuff. But now it was pretty big news, but, and I also got to 
in trouble playing Dungeons and Dragons back in the day too. So in that time, you little Satan worshiper, evil. <laughs> what was nice about that one though? I have a uh, my mom's cousin. I will call her Judy, and we used to have funny nicknames for her, like Sister Judy. She was a very religious <laughs> woman. She was also a substitute teacher, and it was my freshman or sophomore year of high school, and it was getting close around that time. It was actually like 1990, but they, the band director used to let us hang out in the band room after school, play Dungeons & Dragons while she was doing her paperwork. <laughs> My mom's cousin, who is a substitute teacher, happened to come in and saw us playing Dungeons and Dragons and made the principal call my mom to say, hey, do you know what your son's doing after school? My mom's like, no, what? The principal says, well, he's playing Dungeons and Dragons in the band room. But my mom's like, and you want me to care why? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, have you ever seen these, this stuff? And she's like, yeah, it looks like a lot of math and I don't get it. Do you still play Dungeons and Dragons now? I do off and on. I get to Delaney's gotten pretty big into it and Colleen plays. My wife Colleen plays with us too. So we don't play a lot, but yeah, we do get into it. Oh, that's I cool. wish I had more time to play. I could get pretty into it, but I am a timid dungeon master. I'm not <laughs> real skilled at it. <laughs> that's cool. There's a movie Dungeon of Dungeons and Dragons coming out soon. Yes. Are you going to go see it? Got Chris Pine. So yeah, I'll see it. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy Chris Pine. Yeah, I, I do too. I love him. So um, he's in it. I've seen the last Dungeons Dragons that came out two, a few years ago. That was awful. It's been uh, more than a few years ago now. I didn't know there was a, was a, another one. So. Yeah. Oh, it was awful. It was, you didn't miss much. It's <laughs> oh. biggest claim to fame is it had Tom Baker, who is one of the old Doctor Who's. Oh, okay. He was like an elf grandpa or something. (laughs) (laughs) So what has been your favorite horror movie that you've seen in 2022? I'm super impressed by Barbarian. Yeah, definitely. Everybody told me to go into it blind and I went in absolutely blind and I was kind of blown away. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. Did you go in? Did you miss all the trailers for it? Yep. Didn't nice. didn't know anything and I didn't even know who was in it. So there <laughs> certain things got unveiled in there. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it was it's pretty crazy. I rewatched it this weekend and even still on my little home screen. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I've been wanting to watch it since it's hit HBO Max. I haven't gotten a chance to rewatch it yet, but Colleen didn't see it with me in the theater, so I'm excited to yeah. get her to watch it too. <laughs> and it's killing me because I can't talk to her about it. Oh, yeah. I usually ask everyone, what horror movie are you most looking forward to in the rest of 2022? But there's really nothing left. I think yeah. uh, there's the menu that's going to come out later this month. But I mean, that's about it. Are you planning on covering that on BGH? Honestly, I don't know. We're kind of up in the air. We know we're doing Terrifier 2 next. But usually once we get past Halloween with BGH, we like to do our annual year best of the year lists yeah. and whatnot. So once, especially once we get to the end of Halloween, we're kind of working on cramming in what have we missed that we really need to see. Yeah, That kind of thing. So, and it's hard to say. There's some kept up pretty good this year, but there's definitely some stuff because we just got to like bodies, bodies, bodies this last week or this week. Yeah. So, and we're for be a couple of weeks behind on Terrifier too, but I need to do some research, see what else out there I need to grab. Yeah. Did you like Bodies, Bodies, Bodies? It was all right. Yeah. I liked it it's, itself. I think I have missed out on some of the satire for the Gen Z stuff. Yeah. I think I aged out of that, but that's, you know, that's fine. That doesn't have to be made for me. Are there any horror movies that you love that people generally don't like, or do you have any unpopular horror movie opinions? 
No, I do. So I sound, I, I always come across on BGH like I like everything and I give everything a pass, but I've got a philosophy that I love the genre and I kind of want to more celebrate it than shit on it. So I always look for good stuff to talk about mm. kind of thing. So that keeps me a little more open on as far as all those movies that are out there that, I don't know, that's a broad question for me. <laughs> <laughs> totally fine. If you could remake one horror movie, which one would it be? Ooh, that's a tough one too. I don't know. There's some good like older humor movies that I'd love to see a modern take on with modern stuff, you know, especially get into some of the Frankensteins. I'm a really big uh, Peter Cushing fan Mm -hmm. and Christopher Lee, especially as like Frankenstein and those two playing off of each other are really good. And there's probably some good uh, Vincent Price movies I'd love to see remade too. I can't think of anything from like the 80s and stuff onward that I'd necessarily die in to see remade because I still love the old ones. Yeah, and so many of those have already been remade. Right. Okay, so this is my last question. If you had to spend quarantine with one horror villain, who would it be? With a horror villain. They And they probably won't kill you. You just have to deal with them and their quirks. I'm going to go with killer clowns because <laughs> they got popcorn, they got cotton candy, and a spaceship. So we could check some stuff out. I think they could be fun. Nice. You can get away <laughs> from the pandemic. Exactly. You got, yeah, it does. <laughs> you know, it really opens up your options. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for being here and for chatting with me. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me at bloodygoodhorror.com and we're, you'll find us in any of your podcast apps, Bloody Good Horror Podcast. And then you can find me myself on Instagram at cinema.fromage. I draw a lot of monsters. So if that's your thing. Come check it out. All right. Awesome. Well, I will talk to you soon and see you around the BGH Slack community. All righty. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Until next time, stay scary and don't forget to vote.